This week, HVAC 360 salutes Train. In addition to making world-class products, Train offers a wealth of opportunities and resources for everyone in the HVAC field. From articles like the Train Engineers Newsletter to application manuals or training classes, they have in-depth information on numerous topics from basic HVAC design and operation to controls. Thank you, Train, for all that you do. Hey everybody, welcome back. Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. I do that either by sharing information or uh, specific lessons learned from the field, or in general, just talking with industry experts. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to double down on your weekly helping of HVAC knowledge by going on over to HVAC360.com and joining my growing community of people just like you. Sign up for that newsletter. All right, so why train? Um, you know, I, I kind of explain a little bit of why I salute certain, uh, certain manufacturers. And besides the great products, the great local reps, you know, a factory tour, I, I think one of, the, one of the biggest reasons, you know, is, is the educational information they share. Um, you know, doing some things locally, doing webinars, um, and they have a great training class. This is a training class that's kind of extended. Um, it's one of the few that are out there that are like a multi-week, uh, multi-evening training course. Uh, it's, it's really great because it not only uh, helps you as a engineer, uh, but anybody else who's interested in learning more about HVAC, it's kind of off hours at second shift. Um, so they do that periodically. It's not free, uh, but it certainly is worth it if you need a head start understanding this field. So what's up for this week? This week I wanted to get back to some basics uh, with fan types. Now, I know we know HVAC works on the principle of moving, moving heat around. Uh, we do that with using some sort of medium like air, water, and refrigerant. And don't get me started on classifying water as refrigerant. I know you're just confusing people. It just it doesn't need to be done. Um, so to move these mediums, uh, we have devices that help us. So for like, uh, for instance, water, we use pumps. For refrigerant, we use compressors. Um, and for air, we use fans. So today we're going to be talking about fans in general. So why do we need to know this? Um, it really helps to understand the pros and cons of different systems, different fan types, and also to be able to identify fans in the field. So generally speaking, when you talk about the major components of the fan, you're going to be talking about the impeller. Um, that's the wheel part. You're going to talk about a motor, uh, which basically spins the impeller, and you're going to be talking about a, a casing. Um, Generally speaking, most of these fans have some sort of casing. Um, when we talk about the motor, um, different options you're going to see, you're going to have, uh, typically you're going to run into a belt drive that's going to be your more traditional case, um, or you're going to have a direct drive where instead of having a, a pulley and belt system um, that allows you to kind of change the CFM and the speed of the fan, um, you're going to have a direct drive fan which is directly coupled it's more like, a, more like a pump where it's directly coupled to the impeller um, going through the, in, 
Airstream. Now, some of those drives uh, you can have in the Airstream. Uh, a lot of the direct drive fans are going to be in the Airstream. And some of them you can have outside of the Airstream. Now, that kind of, that's kind of important when you talk about the type of air that you're dealing with. And we'll kind of go through that a little bit more a little bit later. Um, obviously, when the uh, different component with the casing, this actually helps direct the airflow. Um, especially when you're talking about the uh, centrifugal uh, type wheel, um, that's going to be uh, key in being able to direct where that air is going. Now, let's talk about that third component, the impellers. Uh, generally speaking, uh, it falls into a couple different categories. Um, I guess the important ones that you want to focus on when you're just starting out, you want to be able to focus on the, the centrifugal, um, that is the wheel type. And when you're looking at it, uh, the way it works is that air comes in at the inlet, that's at the, uh, the center of the wheel, and it turns 90 degrees and it gets forced out, outward. So it's going to take a 90 degree turn and get forced out. Typically, it's going to take another 90 degree turn and continue on its merry way to the rest of the system. So that is a centrifugal wheel. We're going to go talk about that a little bit more. The second type that you're generally going to see is you're going to talk about the axial. Um, this is going to be a more of the propeller type that you've seen in a lot of applications. In fact, most movies. Um, you know, check up on my uh, uh, podcast that I did a while ago on Stranger Things. Um, and this is actually a straight-through application. There are others that are out there, you know, combinations, mixed flow fans, um, different other specialty fans that you're going to be able dealing with. But really, if you understand the two centrifugal and the axial, um, you're going to understand probably 90% of what you're going to see. All right, so let's start with the centrifugal. All right, I'm having a real tough time saying that centrifugal part. Um, these generally are going to be ducted. Mostly, they're going to be duct ducted. And they're coming, generally speaking, they're going to come in four different varieties that you're going to see on a day-to-day uh, -day basis, regular day-to-day -day basis. So the very uh, first one that you're going to probably see is you're going to see a backward incline. Um, this is where the, the, the blade is kind of more or less just as it spins, it's kind of slapping at the, um, you know, slapping in a kind of like a backward fashion um, as it rotates. Um, you can also get a backward curved, so instead of it being flat, um, it can be curved slightly. Um, those are pretty much the, the workhorses of the industry. Um, when would you use them? Generally speaking, you know, again, you're going to see them a lot in air handling situations um, where we have high pressure, um, so high static pressure, and you need a lot of CFM. Um, the backward incline of the set is, is very economical. Um, not as economical as like one of the others um, that I'm going to mention. But it's more economical than the next one, which is the backward airflow. Now, again, this is still the, uh, the, the blade type is still backwards, but it's going to be an airfoil design. So, uh, so backward airfoil. And again, you know, that's going to be high pressure, high CFM. Uh, it's more efficient and quieter than the backward incline, um, but it's typically going to be a higher-end model. Um, of the four, you really don't see those 
um, too much, uh, you know, too often. Um, but you still see them out there. Uh, the next one is a forward curved fan. Now, this is the, the, the cheapest one of the bunch. Um, they're kind of nicknamed the squirrel cages. They're notably, they're hard to clean. The rest of them, you could probably, you know, dust off and clean pretty easily. Um, this one is not because you, generally speaking, can't get these forward curved blades. They're very, very hard to get in between. Um, they're spaced narrower than most most fingers. Um, so if you do, you're going to, you know, use a tool. Don't don't use your hand. Um, generally speaking, they're quiet. They're economical. Um, but they don't have a lot of static punch behind them. Um, you're going to see these a lot uh, when you deal with cabinet uniheaters, uh, VRF evaporators, so the indoor indoor uh, unit. You're going to deal with these uh, with the mini splits. Um, again, the evaporator section and uh, toilet exhaust. So a lot of times when you see a little spinning squirrel cage um, or a hamster wheel, that is going to be a forward curved fan. Now the last variety is kind of a, it's it's a plug fan. So whether you're dealing with a backward inclined or an airfoil, generally speaking, a plug fan is one of those two without the casing. Um, so it's very it's very closely coupled. Um, you have the the inlet to the fan uh, on one side, and then it just kind of radiates into a plenum um, on the other. So it generates the static, and all these all these do is 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 uh, create a, a differential pressure, you know, across the fan. They they impart energy in the system, um, and so it pressurizes the discharge side. So you can basically, what you end up doing and um, is that you can end up tapping that uh, plenum box at any location and air would start flowing because it's, it's a pressurized situation. Now, a lot of times you're going to see these in fan wall configurations. These have become more and more popular with fan walls. And the one thing that I'll, I'll point out, a lot of times I see these being driven past 60 hertz. Uh, so... Uh, that's just something to be aware of. And, you know, the, the commissioning authorities in the room, um, a lot of this, you know, when it's, when it's over 60 hertz, it may not necessarily get set up properly. So you want to pay attention to uh, at what hertz rating it was set up. A lot of these, um, you know, some of the default settings in the VFDs uh, that are going to be driving these uh, fans aren't going to be set up correctly. Um, I've, I've had a couple of cases where that's been not the case. So just be aware of that. Now, on the other side, Axial, um, a lot of these, remember, again, this is the, uh, this is the propeller type. And really, they're, the propeller types, mostly they're going to be unducted, uh, probably 99% of the time, because that, that is their shtick. That's what they do. They do high volume, low static. And they are definitely um, considered more loud than the centrifugal uh, fans. So that's something that you're going to be um, wanting to pay attention to. But generally speaking, these, these, uh, these type of devices, they're going to be mounted in walls. So whether you're in a mechanical room or electrical room or possibly even a, uh, a garage where you have to uh, uh, ventilate a certain area, um, that's where you're going to find these types of fans. There are different types of axial fans. 
Uh, there are tube axial and vein axial. These are actually mounted in a tube. Ironically, that's what, you know, in line with their name. Uh, and they're usually in ductwork. So a lot of times uh, you would see those type of fans in that situation. But again, they're, they're, they're the axial type. They just have more blades and the motor tends to be bigger, a bigger percentage of the, the cross-sectional area of the tube. Um, so take a look at that. Um, but generally speaking, propeller fans, that's going to be, you know, hit or miss. A lot, you know, in kind of going through both of these, probably 90% of what you're going to see is going to be the, the centrifugal. Um, you're not necessarily going to deal with the tube axial, vein axial. You might deal with a propeller uh, type more, but, you know, again, it, it, it just comes down to those common uses. Now, as far as selection goes, um, you're going to have uh, you're going to have to know your CFM, which generally is 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 pretty cut and dry. Um, what you may not uh, you need to f- focus on a little bit is whether or not it's going to be a constant volume or it's going to be variable volume, depending on your situation. Uh, you're going to want to know the static pressure. Um, a lot of times, uh, and that's one of the things that you you is a little bit more important when you're learning to lay out different uh, fans and, you know, ductwork configurations, the inlets, the outlets, you're going to have what's called system effect. And system effect is going to dramatically um, affect the static pressure that that fan will see. Now, that's going to be, that's going to impact its performance. So, again, to be able to select the right fan, uh, you got to know the static pressure. So, school up on that a little bit, static pressure, system effect, and being able to calculate that, or at least guesstimate that, um, you know, even if it's a little bit uh, conservative. Um, now you want to be able to be, uh, as far as selection goes, you want to know, understand the mounting of it. Is it going to be on the roof? Is it going to be an inline fan? Um, this is especially uh, important, um, you know, when it comes to some of the tips that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention. Um, options. You want to know, especially, uh, controls, you know, how is it controlled? Is, does it have a VFD on it? Um, how is that going to be interfaced? Who's going to supply the VFD? Is that going to be the electrician? Is that going to be the mechanical contractor? Who's going to connect to it? How does it connect to the control system? Um, what type of coatings are there? Um, because, and this kind of relays into a point that we're going to, we've circled around to, it depends on what the air is. So if you're de- just generally dealing with um, common air, whether it's normally heated or cooled, you don't really have to, um, you know, pay much special attention to it. But if you start to get into dirty air, and this is more of uh, some industrial applications, or if it's air that, uh, you know, might be coming from a grease duct, so you have some... Um, particulates in there that are going to affect the performance of it. Um, is it going to be hot? Um, is it going to be humid? Uh, do you have a coastal region that you have to account for? Again, this is kind of calling back to those coatings where you're going to have to have the, some of the hairside coatings to prevent rusting on the fan wheel itself. So is that something that, that you need to account for um, in your selection? Now, as far as some tips that I'm going to leave you with, you got to know how the uh, fan is going to be maintained. Um, You know, if it's going to be a belt drive, you're going to have to, you know, change the belt. You're going to have to be able to grease the bearings. 
Um, some of the direct drives don't necessarily get greased at all. Um, some of them do have fittings. So uh, you have to know, you know where the bearings are, how they're going to be greased, um, and is it accessible. So uh, obviously know where your ceiling is and know if you're going to put an inline fan above a ceiling, how far. Also, you want to be able to know where the outlets are going to be relative to the inlets. This kind of calls back to uh, your your 10 feet um, uh, clearance between exhaust and intake. So you got to make sure that, you know, depending on what kind of fan you're setting up, you want to make sure that it's, it's uh, leaving in the right location. So you need to be able to pay special attention to that. Uh, know if there is noise... Uh, if there's a lot of noise, is that going to be an issue with some adjacent spaces? Um, do you have a plenum that's going to be sealed, that's going to isolate uh, from the rest of the uh, adjacent spaces? Or is the, uh, the plenum space all open above the ceiling? And is that going to affect uh, those adjacent spaces? So you really have to understand what does it look like um, above the ceiling if you're going to have something that's going to be above the, um, an inline fan above the ceiling. How is the system going to be balanced? Um, does it serve multiple spaces? You know, I had a project just recently that had um, a single fan that pulled air out of two adjacent rooms, but there wasn't any sort of balancing dampers or control dampers that was part of uh, the installation, and it became a really problematic, um, uh, really problematic situation. You want to be able to re review your control sequences. So for every every fan that you have, whether it's going to be a bathroom fan, whether it's going to be exhaust fan, um, supply fan for a air handling unit, or a return fan, uh, you want to be able to understand that each of those has a specific sequence. So when you're reviewing your drawings, you want to make sure that everything has a control sequence. And the last tip I have is get to know your local reps. Review the fan curve. That's one of the things. If you don't have a, a real fundamental grasp on fan curves, and fan curves are really, you know, w you know, at what point are you going to select a fan? That's where your CFM and your static pressure meet. It's going to be somewhere on that fan curve. And realize that fan curves can take different shapes. Um, there could be a... Um, kind of what, what is referred to as kind of a, a, a preliminary dip before it gets onto the main um, slope of the curve. And what happens is, is that, you know, if it's, if, it's, if it's not, and I guess this is probably easier to explain visually, but if you have, if you have a um, fan curve that starts up high and as it goes, it increases in CFM, the ability to affect static pressure goes down, so it's kind of like a nice round hill. If there is a dip in there as it goes down, that's going to be an area that you want to avoid selecting anything at. What that basically means, and this is kind of a weird phenomenon that that I it was really kind of interesting to me when I first discovered it, but you could have a fan that is... Um, and it's really the same static pressure. So there's two points on that fan curve with the same static pressure but different CFMs. And there's really no way to differentiate, you know, without, you know, adding 
you know, a lot of extra cost to the project, exactly which one of those points you're going to be operating in. So you want to be able to avoid that and kind of select it down further on that fan curve. You want to get away with that. Not all fan types have that dip, um, but that's why you want to be able to kind of review that with your um, your manufacturer's rep because understanding that is going to be important when you're doing the static pressure calculations. You know, if there is some system effect that kind of backs you up the, the, the curve, all of a sudden that could throw you into a case where you're selecting a fan in a poor location. So some of your estimations, you want to be able to make sure that you're close enough to a right answer that keeps you from an unstable, you know, selecting an unstable condition. And by reviewing that with your local rep, um, that's going to be able to help you understand exactly, you know, where the fudge factor is, you know, where you can, uh, where you can make sure that you're selecting it at the right point. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. I hope it was helpful. If you know somebody who's looking to step up their HVAC game, consider sharing this episode or really another one of your favorites with them. This is by far the best thing that you really can do for us to spread the word about the podcast. Uh, For those of you who want extra credit, uh, we have three simple tasks for you. Uh, If you're not a subscriber, uh, go over to HVAC360.com and sign up now uh, for some more weekly goodness. Um, So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, Just look up HVAC360.com and sign up there. And lastly, it would be be greatly honored if you would consider leaving me a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of HVAC360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know.